0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Unqualified Analysis. We are your hosts, Zach and Caleb, and today we have quite a good show for you. There was a ton of chaos in college football this past weekend. The SEC is just classically beating up on itself and the winners of the Big Ten and the Big Twelve are people you wouldn't have expected at times. Um, we had a great top five matchup in a Big Ten. Speaking of which, as well as the Red River rivalry, easy for you to say in stay. Texas. <laughs> yeah, in Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, <laughs> and with the new AP polls out, we had a little bit of cannibalization, and we might have a new Group of Five member to the playoffs. Uh, that would be we can only hope. Super exciting to see. So with that, let's first start. I'm gonna give you a bit of a curveball. Let's start with Georgia versus Auburn. So Georgia, just to skip ahead a little bit, is now ranked number one in the AP poll. And I think that they are heading shoulders above everyone else at this point.
1: Yeah, I would I would agree with that assessment. I mean, Georgia is by far the best team in the country, in my opinion. We thought it was thought it was yeah. Alabama up until this week, and I mean I think they showed me pretty much I don't know what the hell happened, but I mean that defense is suspect. The fact that they gave up 41 against Texas A&M, neither here nor there in this game. But Georgia absolutely came out and destroyed Auburn from the jump. I really like. I, I really think that Bo Nix is good. I know you may you may disagree to a certain extent. I think he's a good. I mean, maybe not not a good passer at all, but a good runner at the very least.
0: I think the thing about Bo Nix is that he's very Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was really solid against LSU two weekends ago, and against Georgia, he had he was pretty uninspired. I definitely agree with your assessment that I think he could probably play a kind of a Taysom Hill role in the NFL, but I think if he wants to do that, he definitely needs to find a baseline yeah. and at least stick to it and then improve upon there because too often we're seeing him pass for a solid 250 yards and run for another 75 in a game, and then we have a game like This past weekend where he runs or he passes for 250 yards, but then he ends up getting negative yardage. And you can't really blame the sacks on that because there was only one sack and there were only three tackles for a loss. And he had 10 rushes. So Bo Nix really was really outshined today by uh, Stetson Bennett, of all people, who has Georgia rolling, I think. I think Stetson Bennett is a very solid option for Georgia at this point.
1: Oh, yeah, I agree with that. I mean... He's like He's been there for seven years, so I guess he's probably polished enough to take the offense at this point, you would think. But, I mean, whether he's an upgrade over JT Daniels or not, I'm not entirely sure, I would say. I mean, JT Daniels made the offense better when he was in there, from what I understand. I, Stetson Bennett was a lot like you know last year's offense. But, I mean, the offense is good enough to where they can kind of coast against pretty much anyone at this point. They're more talented than pretty much anyone on both sides of the ball. So, I mean, all they need is someone solid going forward. But but going back to Bo Nix for a second, I mean, I don't think he's a good quarterback at all. I just think he's a great athlete. And, I mean, he has those Jekyll and Hyde type of performances because, I mean – He's very good at staying on his feet and extending the play. He just doesn't exactly know what's going to happen when he extends that play.
0: Yeah, it's it's like he's playing chess and like usually you want to think like four or five, six moves ahead. He's only thinking like one move ahead and then he gets to that one move and then it's like, wait, I didn't think I'd get this far. <laughs> now what do I do? He's playing
1: like, Like he's driving a stolen car and running from the cops, honestly. Like he's just kind of making it up as he goes along. And hopefully, the final product is going to be something that ends up being a good product for the team. But yeah, I think he's a really good athlete that at the next level, he's certainly not a quarterback. And I think he's, you know, fast enough and tough enough to where he can contribute in kind of a pseudo H-back type of role that Taysom Hill seemed to bring back.
0: Yeah, I think Auburn definitely has some things that to shore up there. Hopefully, for their sake. Uh they'll be able to figure out the quarterback issues. TJ Finley played a little bit against Georgia, so clearly there's not a lot of confidence mm-hmm. in Bo Nicks. Um but I think that these issues are gonna mar him for the rest of the season. So I think they're just gonna have to wipe the slate clean for next year. Whether it's TJ Finley starting next year or they're able to get some outside help, we'll see, but I, I don't think Auburn's going to win too too many games for the rest. And hey, of the look year.
1: at them to possibly uh, look for Spencer Rattler to come in if he doesn't if he doesn't end up starting again at OU. I mean, there's no chance in hell that he stays there. So I mean, he's going to the transfer portal probably. I I tend to agree with you that if Auburn wants to move forward, they kind of have to go with a totally new QB. No one that they have in the room right now is proven to be proficient passing the ball. So I mean. Yet to be seen if Rattler is that guy either, but it's it's worth a shot to bring him in, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, with that, I guess we should probably talk about Oklahoma then real quick. This was a very strange game where at one point Texas led 28-7, to and it really seemed like everything was going well for Texas. And then Oklahoma made a quarterback change. They went to Caleb Williams. Uh, repping her namesake Let's well go, as he had a 66-yard rushing touchdown, like right Us off the Kalers bat. Us
1: are natural, natural athletes, Zach. What can I say? Hey, you have know, Caleb <laughs> Dressel, who's
0: probably the best swimmer out there right now. Like a so... fucking
1: fish, dude.
0: <laughs> For sure. With Oklahoma and Texas, it ended up being a very, very close game after starting 28-7 in the first quarter. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I mean, I can't believe that Oklahoma ended up coming back. I mean, i I ended up texting with people about how Oklahoma was overrated and then how Texas coughed it up later. I just wish it was a game yeah. I was able to watch more of because I was working all throughout Saturday. But just following the score and you know, going throughout my day, I was like, my God, how it was like, how could Oklahoma let this happen? And then how could Texas let this happen? This was just a beautiful game where a historic matchup of chokers, but they both ended up choking in the end. Really, Texas had the ultimate choke with the game, but Oklahoma basically choked too throughout this one, especially in the start. And, yeah, with Caleb Williams coming in and bringing back the offense like that, it's hard to see Spencer Rattler coming back in in this one. And, yeah, transfer portal, here we come on that one. We'll we'll see where he ends up, I think.
0: I I think this also just kind of personifies the point that no matter what quarterback is at Oklahoma, you're kind of expected to – be the best quarterback in the nation. I mean, Jalen Hurts came in and was a borderline Heisman trophy winner. um, And they had Baker and Kyler back to back years. So when Spencer Rattler is struggling this much, that's really a lot of cause for concern, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Spencer Rattler came in and he was pretty much predicted to do the exact same thing as the previous guys. The problem is he had such impossibly high standards. And I feel like it's more of a product of the Lincoln-Riley offense than anything else. So when you get in there and you don't produce, it's kind of telling of at least how the fans will see you as a quarterback, if, if nothing else. And, I mean, they have, such a, yeah. they have such a talent line behind Spencer Rattler. There's no reason to not see what's behind him at the very least. But uh, looking at Texas specifically, they lost the game here. And I mean, I don't know what the hell is going on on defense, but offensively, sark has got him going, man. And, I mean, all of their talent yeah. is mostly young guys. I don't know. I think Casey Thompson might be a junior, but I don't see him necessarily going to the NFL, so he'll probably come back. Their leading receiver in this game was Xavier Worthy with 261 yards and three touchdowns. He's a freshman. Bijan Robinson's a sophomore, I mean, this whole team is pretty much on the up and up. Like I said, classic Big 12, you don't know what the hell's going on with the defense, but that offense is looking like it's going to be a problem going forward.
0: Yeah, uh, I just checked out uh, Casey Thompson's a redshirt junior, so he does have another year of eligibility. He might actually have two because of the whole COVID thing that happened last year. I
1: have no idea. There's going to be some like 30-year-old <laughs> dudes playing college <couch. laughs> There's going to be some real Chucky Keaton-ass motherfuckers around here for a while.
0: (laughs) I know I had seen when UCLA played LSU for the first week that uh, they were talking about the COVID eligibility stuff. And I think they had said that of the 22 starting players, five of them were fifth years, four of them were fourth years, and then either six or seven of them were sixth-year players. So they were just absolutely lined up with people who probably shouldn't have even been there anymore if not for covid i think stetson bennett might have been he was either a fifth year he
1: somehow got a medical sixth year last year and now he's either in his sixth or seventh year in college i don't know if they were all at georgia but holy shit some of these people some of these people are going to be in college for like a long long time Which, I mean, hey,
0: good for them. Free education as far as I'm concerned. So Stetson Bennett is actually a fifth year, believe it or not. No way. I thought he was a fifth year last year. He was a walk-on at the same time as Jake Fromm. Hmm. And Jake Fromm was like a true senior because he never redshirted, right? But he was a walk-on, then he went to JUCO and then ended up coming back to Georgia.
1: So can he technically come back for another year since he's had his redshirt years and this is his fifth year? But the COVID year is like an extra redshirt year for everyone. So could he technically come back next year?
0: I honestly have no <laughs> idea. Because I think it's weird, too, because he went to JUCO. So yeah. that might even change things, yeah, too. That's just, th- this whole thing's just confusing as fuck.
1: I don't know. I'm all for 30-year-old players in the college ranks. That's all I'm going to yeah, say. Yeah, he's
0: now. not quite that old. I think he's <laughs> like 22, 23. Like, he's younger than us. Um, but I'd like to get back on focus. Yeah. And... Go ahead and get yep. back to the marquee matchup that we kind of brushed upon of Texas A&M versus Bama. I think Jimbo Fisher is the greatest coach of all time. <laughs> he won, He's already won a national championship, which last week we reiterated only five coaches that are currently uh, coaching have actually done. And he is the only ex saban assistant to beat Saban in 25 tries. Now, granted, let's pretend like this is only his first try because, yes, yeah. <laughs> he has tried five times. But Jimbo Fisher is the GOAT. I mean, he's got his team rolling. He's got Texas A&M being the most unpredictable team, I think Bo Nix would be the perfect quarterback for that because they're the only team in the country who could go from losing pretty handily to Mississippi State to beating Bama the very next week. And I don't know what the fuck is going on with them.
1: Not at all, man. I mean, I have no idea how you, I mean, we kind of dominated them uh, like a week ago or two weeks ago, whatever the game was. I mean, I can't believe, I can't believe they turned around and beat Bama. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense, but Talk about someone who probably has some serious, like, blood pressure issues. Jimbo Fisher went from possibly being fired after last week's game to thinking about a pay raise raise after this week's game. I mean, the life of a coach in the SEC, especially at a place like Texas A&M where they're not rational at all, I mean, it must be just a stressful, stressful time. But I can't be the only one who wants to, like, you know that, that overall-wearing son-of-a-bitch who like hypes up the midnight yell practice or whatever the hell those weirdos yep. do? God, I just want to smack that guy in the <laughs> face. This is the most annoying thing in the world. He's like, oh, ah, 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 Or whatever the hell they do. I don't know. They do some dumb shit where he's like skipping around on the field and talking about, like, I don't even know what the hell. But, man, that guy, does he irrationally piss you off, too? I'm sorry to get off track here, but, man.
0: <laughs> um, no only because i knew people at lc were the exact same way they wore their purple and gold overalls to the games and they were just absolutely belligerent as well so i totally get it i mean it's just part of the culture and like i think it's silly that they call themselves the 12th man when like seattle was known as that before them i feel and also they're not even like known as the greatest uh home field advantage in even college football but like hey It's part of their culture. It's cool. Texas A&M's vibing. Uh, They're definitely going to be popping after this week. Um, And meanwhile, Nick Saban's about to make all of his players run 30 sprints before practice even starts. And then probably another 30 sprints after practice ends. Bama is really, really happy. Plus about
1: five hours of film while they're supposed to be sleeping.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. They'll probably go into... The game against you guys next week with absolutely no sleep with how hard Saban's gonna work him.
1: Yeah, I was about to say I would hate to be whoever they play next, man. I'll tell you what, that's gonna hurt. Yeah, man, <laughs> I wonder who gonna that's gonna,
0: gonna be. <laughs> yeah. That being said, this brings up a serious question then, because if we assume that they win out and go to the SEC championship, they're gonna face Georgia. And I mean, if that happened right now, I'd assume Georgia's the winner, but with that, does Bama make it into the playoffs as a two-loss team? It's a pretty tough conversation to have, I feel. I mean,
1: I would I feel like they would try to shoehorn them in any way possible, but the only way I can see them making it over a one-loss conference champion is if there's like some crazy amount of chaos around it. Yeah. Like they might be able to make it over like a one-loss Pac-12 champion if it's not if it doesn't end up being Oregon. Yeah, I mean overall though, I don't think Cincinnati is going to lose this year. Their their only game that's really left that they might lose is uh, SMU, which they should win. I mean, yeah, not knock on wood there. And uh, Iowa, Iowa might not lose the rest of the season. The only real stumbling block the, the rest of the way after this is going to be the the Big Ten championship game. I mean, they got a really tough road, I think, for them to get into the playoff from here. But
0: never count out the
1: the committee to try and shoehorn them in in any way possible, I would say.
0: Yeah, I think you bring up a good point there. Um, I think if Iowa loses the Big Ten Championship, then I think there's a very real chance that Bama can sneak in. Because if Iowa loses the Big Ten Championship, that means that it's probably a two-loss team. Mm -hmm. Because you think about it, OSU already has a loss. Penn State already has a loss. Michigan doesn't have a loss yet, but all three of those teams have to play each other. And then we're not even talking about Michigan State yet. They're going to cannibalize the shit out of each other, and they're all in the same division. So if one of them beats Iowa, then you could see them being the sixth seed and Bama maybe sneaking back in like they did in 2011.
1: Absolutely. And now that we're on the subject of the Big Ten, let's move on to... I would say going into it, the marquee matchup of the week until Bama just laid an egg with Texas A&M, but number four Penn State versus number three Iowa in one that I think Penn State really kind of had to have if they were going to try to get into the playoff. I mean, that Big Ten East is nasty, but they ended up losing 23 to 20 to Iowa. Uh, Classic Big Ten football here. Defense and run game all the way for both both teams. Uh, Sean Clifford went out relatively early with an injury and Taquan Roberson really didn't do well in his absence. I think at one point he was like 7 for 20 through the air and they had snap count troubles all year. The Iowa fans were just loud as hell the entire time.
0: Yeah, I thought it was pretty crazy because when I was first following the game Penn State was up 17 to 3 in spite of Sean Clifford because Sean Clifford had two picks to his name but yet Penn State was still up big and then all of a sudden Iowa just flipped a switch and ended up going 17-6, to essentially, for the rest of the game. Iowa's defense is super serious when Mm -hmm. they want to play, and this is going to be one of the best wins of the season for them, probably.
1: I mean, it's their last, like I mentioned earlier, it's their last real chance for a a big win until the Big Ten Championship. They probably, unless someone comes out of nowhere in their division, I mean, this is the last ranked team they'll face until the Big Ten Championship. They're really supposed to just... Cruise through the rest of the season, barring any any trap games in there. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's basically a clear road for them. If they if they win the Big Ten championship, they're in for sure.
0: Yeah, I think every team in their division has already lost a game, so it's already looking really good for them. Uh, they, uh, they completely own their destiny at this point. If they win out, they're going to make it to there. That being said, if we move on to Arkansas versus Ole Miss, I, I would just like to make mention that Lane Kiffin went into this game with the soundbite that he legitimately thought this was going to be a low-scoring game. Ole Miss is this guy. like the Big 12 in the SEC. They I'm pretty sure they had the most points scored and against in the entire SEC. Matt Carrell had like, what, 1,200 yards entering this game? Yeah. It, it's just absolutely crazy. That being said... This is a really quality win for Lane Kiffin. I think that Ole Miss has firmly planned themselves as probably that fourth-best team in the SEC West, uh, at least for now. And they can really play spoiler for some of those teams at the top. The stat line for this game was just unreal. I mean, KJ Jefferson
1: had 400 total yards, six total touch, six total touchdowns, three passing, three rushing— The teams combined for almost 700 rushing yards, Ole Miss almost had three 100-yard rushers with Matt Corral, bum-ass, only getting 94 yards. Henry Parrish and and maybe one of the best names in college football, Snoop Connor, got 100. And also, Connor rushed for three TDs on top of that as well. I mean, when Ole Miss is playing, everybody can score, but man, Lane Kiffin is a piece of shit. That guy, that guy was definitely telling his team to just flop at the end of the game to slow down Arkansas because his defense uh oh, that one that's supposed to keep it low scoring was getting run all up on so you know every once in a while you'd see someone oh my hamstring oh <laughs> miraculous recovery let me walk off here
0: it's it's him playing back to those days in the Pac 12 uh, you know, he's got to slow down the game somehow. I think it's absolutely crazy that he's in consideration for both the USC and LSU job at this point in time. I'm pretty sure that's just headlines making headlines. I I can't imagine LSU actually wants him. USC, I mean, I could see them doing something really stupid like that. On the other side, I have to give Sam Pittman hella credit. We were talking about this. Look, you could have tied the game 52-52 and gone to some crazy overtime rules. Dude, Sam Pittman was a man. He dropped his cock on the table and said, no, it's a meaty one. We're going for two. It didn't work out, which really sucks, but I respect the hell out of his gusto.
1: Agreed. Yeah, I mean, I really respect Sam Pittman for doing that. I mean, chances are, when you get, when you get an OT anyways, I mean, it's, it's basically an offensive shootout and his team really isn't built to have that sort of shootout. So it's probably better this way anyways, but credit to him for like having balls of steel on this one. But I think Lane Kiffin is probably best for a place like Ole Miss because he can have these sorts of antics and immaturity at like a lower level where he's just like the rascally villain type. When you get to these high levels, like LSU, Bama, USC, I mean, the fans start looking at you like a, a dickhead when you do stuff like this i mean yeah. you get looked at like a dickhead anyways when you do stuff like this but it's more acceptable when you're at ole miss when you're when you're at a marquee name it looks bad on the
0: program yeah it's more like you're kind of just the annoying young brother when you're ole miss which is really how they've kind of been in the sec anyway as they other than the one year that them and mississippi state just absolutely blew up um pretty much has been to basically the entire sec west but to round out the SEC West, we had Kentucky versus LSU. The final score was 42-21, but I feel like you and I are in agreement here that it was nowhere near as close as that. Kentucky absolutely stomped this game. Their, their running team is crazy. They didn't get tackled at all. They were busting off 20-yard runs every fifth minute. It was It was absolutely dreadful for me to watch as a fan.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think I was watching the the Texas A&M and and Bama game while this was going on, but I I felt for you as the as the score kept going up, man. But yeah. Kentucky can they can be like really dangerous here. I think they got a real chance of at least keeping it competitive with Georgia this week, just with with Will Levis playing the game the way he is. As long as he stays efficient passing, that running game is an absolute problem, and that defense is solid as well. They're just a good team all around. I mean,
0: good good game coming up this weekend. I yeah, I have to say this firmly puts Coacho in the hot seat um, going into this year. Coacho was kind of already on the hot seat in LSU circles because with the whole Les Miles scandal um, and Joe Oliva leaving, we had a new AD come in, and Coacho was never this AD's guy, so he was always kind of looking for a way to get his guy, much like uh, Will Wade. Which is why some scandals have started coming out about him possibly committing some adultery. I don't want to bury his name, so I won't mention too much more. But I think that they're starting to posture for that. And if Coach O doesn't go 4-2 and in the SEC for the rest of the year, then I think he's going to be fired. And even if he does, I think he might still be fired. And that includes uh, teams that are ranked, including Ole Miss, Arkansas, Florida, and Bama. Do you really think LSU is going to win more than maybe two of those games? I don't. I I think they'll be lucky to win more than one game. I think they'll probably take a game somewhere, but with Texas A&M, who knows? But I think I, I don't expect Coach O to last for the rest of the season. Uh, I think we'll be finding somebody else in the offseason.
1: Yeah, and I think that's probably the best course of action for the program overall. I mean, he had his one good year, but I think he's shown at this point he's really just a recruiter. Yeah, he didn't really. The, the program has slowly degraded since Joe Burrow left, and that that great team was there. So I mean, yeah, it's it's time to move on and get a coach that matches the talent that comes into this program. But uh, I think that does it for for the uh, the SEC for us. But uh, just a quick note here: uh, Boise State eliminated BYU from playoff contention, and there will be no Mormon representation in this year's playoffs. You do hate to see it. I
0: repeat, there will be no magical underwear in the playoffs this year. No magical underwear, no soaking, nothing of the variety. That's a shame. Uh, We have Michigan versus Nebraska. Just brush on this real quick because Nebraska isn't super great, but Michigan made them look like they were a competitive team. So somehow Jim Harbaugh still has stock. I've been saying since the second year that he was there that he's not what Michigan needs. But for some reason, he's still there and uh, producing mediocre results.
1: Yeah, Jim Harbaugh has been in the same offense since the first day he coached. I don't think he's changed it once. And I mean, that offense is the whole reason that they've been kind of held back this whole time. They've had good defenses along the way since he's been there. They've recruited well, but that offense has just been lackluster every single year. And once they face good competition, they always break down, except for those teams that they can just kind of out-talent. I mean, like like you said here, they haven't had a good quarterbacks in the past eight years since Denard Robinson, basically. And even he was a rushing quarterback. Like, he yeah, was no. kind of gimmicky. Yeah, no, he switched to running back whenever he went to the NFL. I mean, he was always more of a runner than a passer. They haven't had like a real good passing QB in a long, long time since before. I can even remember. But, yeah,
0: same old Michigan in this one. With that, also, C.J. Stroud blew out University of Maryland. Uh, Maryland sucks now. They've lost two straight. People hyped them at being 4-0 and props to them, but they're just not a football school. We'll see if C.J. Stroud can take that into these top 10 matchups that are coming up, but personally, I'm not looking towards it. With that, let's move on to the AP poll. University of Georgia is the number one team, and I think everyone can agree on that now. There was always a bit of a question of, was it Georgia? Was it Bama? Was it maybe somebody like Ohio State? No, I think Georgia is firmly in a tier of their own now that Bama's fallen.
1: Yeah, agreed. And I mean, Bama showed last week that they're not in Georgia's class this year. Pretty clear cut number one from here. But yeah, they dropped all the way down to five. Uh, they go. They come into Mississippi State next week, which is going to hurt. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this put this also put Texas A and M back up in the top twenty five, which I think we both agree they kind of stink. I'm sure they'll. They'll lose another game here in the next few as well.
0: Yeah, I think that people just kind of pull into that sauce a little bit too much, and they decided that they weren't going to count the Mississippi State loss that they just had, the fact that they also lost to Arkansas pretty convincingly, despite the score. Um, and we're just like, you know what? Texas AM deserves to be at 21. Fuck it. Um, but to round out the top four, we had Iowa at number two, which I think they're very deserving. They're a super strong defense. Uh, have a great home field advantage. Just I, I love to see Iowa getting in there, kicking out some of this old guard. We had Cincinnati at number three, who I believe Caleb and I both are really hyped to see do some damage. We'd both love to see this just hopefully jumpstart a new era. Can we
1: make a can we make a statement that from here on out
0: we are a Cincinnati podcast? You know what? I'm down for it. I yeah, think Cincinnati I think. is our favorite team for now on. I mean, Mississippi State and LSU reign supreme. They're our number one side
1: bitch, I would say. Because I yeah, mean, we both yeah. got we got both got main pieces that aren't really doing a whole lot for us. I mean, Mississippi. So we gotta go to State Cincy is, to
0: spice things yeah. up. You know, we're in a midlife, we're in a season crisis right now.
1: Cincy's exciting. They're in it. I mean, yeah. Mississippi State just. Eh.
0: And, uh, what's his name? Spencer yeah. Ritter is that his name? Ritter is absolutely electric. And Luke Fickle, dude. I hope LSU hires Luke Fickle. Like I, I didn't say I didn't say this before, but the two top candidates I'd love for LSU are Dave Aranda, who was part of that staunch defense that Les Miles had and Coach O had during 2019, and has Baylor at five and one, mm-hmm. and Luke Fickle. Luke, the only concern I would have for Luke Fickle is that he's an OSU boy, and if that job yep. ever opens up you're always going to hear controversy. But to get back on topic, Oklahoma rounds out the top four. They haven't lost yet, so we can't really say a whole lot about it. They have a bit of a quarterback controversy. Yeah, we'll see what my namesake does over there. Going yeah, forward. we'll see how Caleb Williams does. Um, with that, we also had four other Big Ten teams in the top ten. Uh, we had OSU, we had Michigan, we had Michigan State, and we had Penn State, who just lost to Iowa. And they're all going to have to play each other. They're going to cannibalize. I don't see any of them having less than two losses, to be honest. They're all looking at Michigan like a snack right now. Like, whoo, baby,
1: it's coming.
0: That's a must win for all three of the other four.
1: Oh, yeah, because Michigan, I would say, is the the clear bottom rung of those teams you just listed. I mean, Michigan State might be the next one there that they might have a, a close game with. Michigan State doesn't have like a really explosive offense from what I understand, but they have a really, really solid running back whose name escapes me right now.
0: They're a classic Michigan State, just solid defense, great running backs. Quarterback does enough to where they can win games in a non-sexy way.
1: Yeah, but if Penn State has Sean Clifford, they'll they'll run Michigan out of the building. And uh, I think Ohio State is pretty much just head and shoulders better than Michigan this year, like they pretty much always are. So, yeah, I mean, it won't be five teams
0: in the top 10 for too long. Yeah. With that, we have also looked through the other 25 teams. Um, You know, there was some movement amongst the top 25. I thought it was personally pretty crazy that with the Ole Miss and Arkansas game, they literally just swapped positions. Yeah, that's such lazy ranking. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. They both still deserve to be in the top 25. But I feel like when it's that close of a game, they probably – Uh, Ole Miss probably shouldn't be 13th. They should probably be closer to 15th or 16th. But, hey, it's not going to matter. There's six more weeks to go. Yeah, that's the
1: thing. Like, you can tell at that point, it's like the writers all acknowledge here, like, you know, outside of the top 10, this doesn't matter a whole, whole lot. Like, it's like, oh, this team beat the other team. Just eh, switch them around. (laughs) They're basically (laughs) interchangeable with one another now. They just showed
0: one is slightly better than the other. It's fine. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So with that, Caleb, what do you think is the most overrated team that's in this top 25 poll?
1: Uh, Easily Michigan. I don't think they're a top 10 team. I think they're like maybe maybe a 20s ranked team at best. They're only ranked this highly based off of their brand, I would say. And
0: once they get into Big Ten East play, it's going to show. Yeah, I actually went for Ohio State. Um, solo because when I looked at this, I looked at where I feel like they should be ranked if this was the end of the season and Ohio state lost pretty handily to Oregon and they have no quality wins. They struggled against Minnesota who's three and two, uh, at this point in the season. And as much as I think they're better than Michigan, I think they should probably be ranked closer to ninth, maybe 10th. I think Oregon should be ranked higher than them. For example, I don't know why Oregon's ranked so low compared to them, but it is what it is. Yeah, I, I will say, though, for Ohio State that it depends kind of how C.J. Stroud does down
1: down the stretch. He was, like, just starting out in the beginning of the season. In the past yeah. two games, he's thrown 10 touchdowns. So, I mean, if he really proves against big-time competition that he's the real deal, I mean, Ohio State could easily end up being in the playoff out of the Big Ten again. We all know the committee wants him in there. So. Oh, for sure. All they have to do is if they if they only have one loss and they win the Big Ten Championship, they're in for sure. So which team do you think should have more of a chance of getting into those playoffs? I'm not sure about getting into the playoffs because they already have two losses, but I think Texas is pretty underrated. And, I mean, it's understandable that they're down at 25, but they have a hell of an offense yeah. this year, man. They did jump out to a 28-7 lead on, on uh, Oklahoma before they absolutely coughed that game up. So, I mean, Texas is a lot better than I thought they were. And I mean, looking forward to next year, you got to like their chances. They'll probably be ranked top five going in the next year, just based on the fact that the writers love to rank Texas high.
0: Oh, for sure. Uh, I stuck with the SEC and I think that Florida is underrated. Uh, They're 20th. I think that they're a top 10 team, if we're being honest. Their only losses are to Kentucky by seven, which is the 11th ranked team and undefeated currently and to Bama by two points by a failed two-point conversion who just lost their first game I think that Florida doesn't get nearly as much props as it should considering Arkansas is ranked higher with the same amount of losses
1: yeah and I would I would tend to agree I think I've said this in the past it's just it's hard to look objectively at at Florida when Dan Mullen is there yeah. but I do I do think they are a bit underrated and Dan Mullen doesn't really engender a lot of liking in the media, I would say, but I think those two losses have kind of overshadowed that they have been like relatively close in most of their games, except for I think they were still kind of close with Kentucky, and Kentucky has proven that they're a bit of a bit of a juggernaut in a few areas this year.
0: Yeah. Don't get it twisted. I'm not happy saying Florida, but to be as unbiased as possible. I think it's got to be Florida. With that, let's move into next week's games and how it's going to shake out with the AP poll as well. Uh, We might as well start with Florida since we're on that topic. It's going to be Florida versus LSU. Generally, this is one of my favorite games of the season. Florida versus LSU just breeds so much animosity. I mean, last year we literally had a player who threw a shoe because he was so pissed at another LSU player that ended up helping LSU to win the game and finish 500. That being said, I think this is going to be a drubbing. Uh, Thankfully, it's in Death Valley, so anything can go. But I think Florida is going to win this hands down. I
1: think Florida, they should win this game, but I don't know, man. Is it at Florida or at LSU? It's at LSU. Okay, since it's at LSU, I would give LSU a puncher's chance Dan Mullen has not done
0: well on in
1: big road games in the past. I mean, sorry, sorry to you, but LSU's not that great this year, unfortunately.
0: No illusions here. Uh I mean, like I said, I think Florida deserves to be at least close to a top 10 team, if not actually a top 10 team. LSU's already got two losses and they just lost their ugliest game yet uh this past week. I think that this is probably going to be a multi-touchdown win for Florida, but I mean, they're two teams that know each other really well. Dan Mullen is a questionable coach at times. So, yeah. hey, LSU might be able to surprise some people, and I would be super happy for that. With that, let's move on to Kentucky versus Georgia. Number 11 versus number 1. This is going to be a really fun game to watch, and this is going to be what really shows if Kentucky is worth their rank. If they win this game, they're at the top of the SEC East. That being said... Georgia is the best team that they face so far, and I, I don't see Georgia losing. I, I can't see Georgia losing any of their games. They're just that good.
1: I would be absolutely like, it wouldn't compute in my mind if Georgia lost this game, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Kentucky kept it close. I think this is going to be like a defensive struggle type of Short. game. I think both both defenses are probably going to play well. And I do believe I said that last week about, uh, what was it? I think it was an NFL game. It was the the Browns the Browns and Chargers last week, and a that bit totally of a fluke, didn't so end up. For what yeah, it's bit, worth. Bit of a bit of a fluke there, a bit of a, a different dynamic in the sport. But, yeah, I'd be shocked if either team went over 30 points in this one. I hope it's a good game, but – Georgia is an absolute juggernaut this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they won by 20-plus years still.
0: Yeah. Um, I think also a little bit of it is going to rely on what happens with JT Daniels. But with how Stetson Bennett played last week, I do have some confidence in him. Uh, I think that he can do well enough against Kentucky to really cause some damage. Just let Georgia's defense take over the game and – Show Will Tevis what a real SEC defense is made of. Absolutely. But,
1: hey, moving on to,
0: to more SEC defenses,
1: Auburn versus Arkansas.
0: Uh, it was quite the same defense. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I mean, it was a ranked matchup when I put it on the dock and, and Auburn decided that they were going to lose by a million points. So, yeah. You know, there there is that. But it's two teams that really need a win right now. Both of them are kind of coming back down to earth after unde, having
0: undefeated starts. But uh, who do
1: you think wins this one, Zach?
0: I'm really hoping Arkansas does. Um, I think they probably will just because I'm always so skeptical of Bo Nix. I mean, is Jekyll going to show up or is Hyde going to show up? Last week, it was Hyde. The week before, it was Jekyll. I mean, are they going to be good? I'm not really sure. But Arkansas has some quality wins and they stuck in really close against the talented Ole Miss team, and I just want, I just want Sam Pittman to win. Um, it, it would just be absolutely wonderful.
1: Yeah, agreed. I really, agree. I, re- I really want Sam Pittman to win. I mean, also Auburn kind of stinks, and something, something about being at Mississippi State, being in the same division. I, I never really like Auburn, and I, I always feel like they're a bit overrated. So I always love to see him lose for whatever reason. So yeah,
0: always love to see Arkansas win in here. Arkansas is the other half of the golden boot, uh, so when we play them, fuck them, but when they play everyone else, yeah, I'm cool with that. Implications for them, though, is that they will be one win away, essentially, from being bowl eligible for the first time since Brett Bielema coach back in 2016. Um, they're going to play Arkansas Pine Bluff, which is an FCS school, so as long as they handle business there, then a win here means that they're in the bowl game, which... Is absolutely crazy for Sam Pittman's first year, and you have to see him as a hot commodity among coaches afterwards.
1: You would think so. I mean, Arkansas is going to have to fork over an arm and a leg just to keep him there, and I mean, it'll be very enticing to go elsewhere with better, better recruiting. LSU, <laughs> just, yeah, the, LS,
0: just a thought. <laughs> No, I, I think that'd be crazy. I, mean, okay. I think he'll stay at least one more year um, regardless of what happens here. But he's definitely going to start seeing some business from some of those real blue blood schools. I mean, LSU maybe could look at him, Michigan if they finally decide to move on from Jim Harbaugh, Penn State if James Franklin takes the USC job, which he's in rumors for, we'll see.
1: I, bet, I think their record's going to look pretty good at the end of the year, too, because yeah. already, they already ripped off the band-aid play at Alabama and Georgia this year. They're not going to the SEC championship, so they won't have to see either of those teams again. It's mostly even playing field for here on out for him. So, I mean, it's all ahead of him for Sam Pittman and Arkansas right now. I mean, I think maybe for Arkansas' sake, they might want to lose a game or two so they don't lose the guy. But,
0: I mean, for Sam Pittman's sake, he's going to want to win all these, I would say. Yeah, I mean, thinking about it, they're 4-2 right now. They play Arkansas Pine Bluff, as I just mentioned, which is an FCS school. We'll ideally chalk that up to a win of 5-2. and two. They play LSU. They play Mississippi State uh they play auburn and they play two other games i don't know who their sec east rival is i feel like it's like south carolina of the sec west schools i believe that means that they've played everybody so they've got a pretty forgiving schedule coming up i do they play any more ranked opponents from here on out
1: Did they they've not played bama yet this year actually never mind they, they play so they do play they, bama they
0: play georgia yeah yeah they, they still play bama so that's going to I think they lost by like thirty to Georgia. Yeah, that might be where their other their second losses. Yeah, because the only loss I can think of is yeah uh, they lost thirty seven, lost
1: thirty seven nothing to Georgia, and then they lost fifty two to fifty one. That's right.
0: That brings up a good point actually. That on the other side of the ball, this would help Auburn kind of stave off what seems to be a sinking ship at this point after having a rough outing against Georgia and just being in general a weaker team. And it would hand Arkansas a third straight loss. So this could really change the dynamic for both of these teams moving forward. As we've talked too much about that, let's stick with the SEC a little bit and move on to the now 13th-ranked Ole Miss and their game against Tennessee. You seem to think that this might be Tennessee's game. Why is that? Being
1: down in this area, you get to see a lot of Tennessee highlights, and they are putting up fucking points this year dude mm-hmm. they're scoring more than 40 a game i don't know how their defense is but josh hypel has got him playing on offense and old miss old miss's defense is going to give up all the points in the world so i think this is going to be at the very least close i could see tennessee pulling this one off maybe even being higher higher scoring than last week's game
0: yeah uh i go back and forth on josh Hypel. ucf was definitely not as good under him as it was under scott frost which it, i recognize isn't just him but also just the changing of the guard of players But he seems to have Tennessee go in the right direction, and I could definitely see this being a bit of a trap game after what just happened this past weekend with Arkansas for Ole Miss. But uh, that being said, I can't in good conscience say that Tennessee's going to win, considering the fact that Ole Miss probably is the best offense in the SEC, and Matt Corral is still firmly in the Heisman hunt.
1: Yeah, Ole Miss should be favored here, but with how bad that defense is and with how solid Tennessee's offense is, they've got a puncher's chance at the very worst. I think it'll be... At the very worst, it'll be barely a double-digit game,
0: like a two-score game throughout this one. Probably a Big 12-type matchup, though. No defense will be... Do you then expect that for our final SEC game to talk about of Alabama versus Mississippi State, that this will be a double-digit victory for either team?
1: I think probably Alabama. But the thing is, Alabama's defense looked real bad last week.
0: But Will Rogers doesn't have a deep ball, though. That's my only problem. He
1: doesn't. He doesn't. And we'll, we'll see if... He can stay as efficient as he has been in the intermediate with how Saban tends to run defense, but, I mean, we got at least a puncher's chance. This is like a really shit time to catch Bama coming off yeah. a tough loss like that. They will be they will be ready to play at the very least, and, I mean, it, it kind of depends, like, how we move on Bama's defense. I think Bama's offense is probably—I mean, we got a solid defense overall, Emerson and Forbes give us at least like, you know, a chance of slowing them down at the very least, but they're gonna be coming in pissed. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if Mississippi State lost by 30. I here. think
0: the only way that Mississippi State ends up winning this is the fact that Saban worked them too hard. They come in on a week of unrest, and uh they end up having to go into Davis Wade Stadium and hearing those cowbells. That being said though, Nick Saban's defenses are super disciplined usually, even if they're a little weaker. Mike Leach's offense tends not to translate well against this kind of a defense, I think, and that's probably going to end up hurting. I think if we had a better a better quarterback arm strength wise, I think
1: like I think Will Rogers is as good as you can ask for as far as the mental aspect is concerned. Yeah. But when it comes to pushing the ball downfield, it's just not there for him. If we had a like a better arm at quarterback. I think the talent that's within the offense is enough to at least get the ball moving on teams. Like, there should Mississippi State should have a very solid offense going forward if they can get someone that can throw a deep ball. I mean, they've been moving on teams this year. There's been a market improvement from last year for sure. It's just, you know, Will Rogers is basically, you know he's going to pass from 1 to 15 yards. And, sure. I mean, you can count on – probably like two hands the amount of times that he's passed over that distance this year. So it just makes the offense easy to defend in a way that I, hopefully it won't be as easy to defend when uh, Sawyer Robertson takes over a year or two. Yeah.
0: Well, for the rest of college football, um, we have a few buys starting to come in for sure. Teams are starting to rest up in front of marquee games. So not a whole lot outside of the sec going on, but we do have Oklahoma State versus Texas in another very quality Big 12 matchup. I think I have to take Oklahoma State, but I think no matter what, we're all going to be winners watching this one.
1: Oh, I think so. I think this is going to be like, this is a classic Big 12 matchup here, man. I think Oklahoma State's defense has been solid all year, but Texas's offense has also been really, really good. And I think they're just going to be playing Texas's game all day. It'll probably be up and, up and down the field on this one. Just going to be a fun game to watch. Like you said, I I mean, it's hard to pick against Oklahoma State. I don't really know much about them, but they have performed better this year overall than Texas, but – Never count out Texas with the amount of talent that they have right now. Like I said before, Sark's got a plan. Yeah, man.
0: His plan is to fill them all up with Henny and get them all wild and out like a bunch of coke fiends on that field. Hey, man, it makes you think creatively, okay? Loosens you up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm all for it. Maybe Coach O should inject some of that.
1: Also, it loosens the muscles, so if you get like a super big hit, yeah. your oh, body's nice much. and relaxed. Like, you know, if a drunk person gets in like a is in like a car accident or mm. something, they're less likely to get injured. Now, I mean, if they're driving, obviously, they're more likely to get injured. But if they're just a passenger, their body is so all loosey-goosey and like Gumby, you know, they're liable to just come out with like
0: bumps and bruises. Let's go on to the world of sports outside of college.
1: Even though it is fall, there is stuff going on outside of football, unfortunately. And unfortunately, one of those things is John Gruden. This is not
0: actually outside of football, though, is the thing. Yeah,
1: no matter how hard we try to get out, we still just keep... Keep jumping back in, just a different pool, different pool, same area. We are jumping into the NFL side of things as John Gruden decided that he wanted to spew some, some racial epithets about uh, dumb Morris Smith, in his words, saying that he has lips the size of Michelin tires, which he blames in part on his use of the term rubber lips, referring to people who are lying, to which I say, sure, John Definitely, definitely talking about his lying with the Michelin tires thing. Definitely a real excuse there that you were definitely thinking about at the time of that
0: email. Sure, John. See, the Michelin man doesn't have lips, though. So is he saying he doesn't, that Del Morris Smith doesn't have lips? Well, he said his lips look like Michelin tires, not, not the Michelin man. Oh, I like the Michelin man more. Yeah, I think that this is all a way, much like with Coach O, a way to start posturing for a scapegoat so they don't have to pay whatever insane buyout he has. I mean, we'll go more in depth about this uh, on our NFL podcast with the Raiders as they lost this past week as well, but I was never a fan of the John Gruden hire. Yes, he won a Super Bowl, but in my opinion, he won that Super Bowl with Tony Dungy's people. The Raiders have been very uninspiring in what, this is his third year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people bought some hype on Derek Carr for the first two or three weeks, but he's kind of reverted back to his same old self of Tommy Checkdown. Um, this this looks to me like they're getting ready to possibly fire John Gruden. I expect John Gruden to have something changing career-wise within the next year or two. Yeah, I mean,
1: I guess they, they're only like, what, three or four years into that 10-year contract? And Mark Mark exactly. Davis is already like you know the poorest. Well, he's still an NFL owner, but he's the poorest owner in the league, and probably can't really like pay that whole thing. So they're gonna they're gonna try and fire him for cause. I would say it's gonna be interesting to see what kind of storyline they come up with from all of this. But uh, like you said, we'll get into more of that on Thursday's pod with the NFL stuff. Let's move on to the uh, the world's football soccer. And uh, we might be able to be asshole Americans in their game soon, buddy. USA, 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 USA.
0: Last time that I followed uh, the United States just a month or two ago during the CONCACAF league, uh, I believe that they were ranked like the number eight or nine country in the world cup standings. Um, The fact that we actually have a pipeline of talent now is absolutely amazing. Uh, Pepe, He's only, like, what, 17, 18? 18. Yeah. He's 18.
1: And keep in mind, we've got Gio Reyna and Christian Pulisic, who are both, like, legit, like, star prospects in in the Premier Leagues, like the European League. So, I mean, we've got, like, some real, real players coming up, and those are just, like, top-line players. Yeah. I mean, this whole, gen- this whole generation of, like, Athletes switching over from the more violent sports like, you know, football and all that stuff over to to soccer is really starting to show, I would say, as we're starting to send more of our children overseas to learn soccer instead of going to school in this dumb country.
0: I'd also like to make mention of the fact that it seems all too convenient that once we finally got rid of Jürgen Klinsmann, who was never an American, was a German who had success on national stage and got an American coach, we finally figured out how to build some culture of soccer, and it's really starting to pay dividends. I'm honestly excited. The last time I, like, really watched soccer, I remember when um when the team was facing against Belgium in the brackets, and our goalie mm-hmm. ended up getting, what, like 50, 60 saves, and we ended up losing, like, 1-0. to Ah,
1: uh, Tim Howard. Tim Howard, the fucking... Mr. Clean yeah. just wiping away all of all of the shots in that game. I remember, I mean, every four years or so, when when the U.S. is in the World Cup, I'll start like watching it because you know it's it's fun to have a dog in the hunt. Yeah, I would sure. say, but uh, yeah, I mean, they got they got real talent at this point. I would think there's a real argument to be made that Jurgen Klinsmann was a German sleeper cell put into there to bring down the U.S. Uh, US program just as they were starting to ascend. He set back our entire program, I would say, and not not any real coincidence that once we got the sleeper sellout so that we started doing well again. That's stay all stay
0: tuned say. as we'll bring more for you on this story next week. Number one soccer podcast in the world. We know so much. Okay, so today we've learned that we are a Cincinnati podcast and we're a soccer podcast now. That's right, dude. All right.
1: Definitely a real Cincinnati podcast. Not a real soccer podcast, but we will continue to say it every time there's a soccer story.
0: Sounds good. With that, let's move out of sports. Uh, It was a quiet week. Uh, Facebook went down for, what was it, about two days due to some bugs in their system that took them off of, like, search queries or something. I don't know. I'm unqualified for this shit. Basically, Facebook went down. There was a server outage. And because of that, Pornhub saw a 10% increase in their traffic. (laughs) Caleb, I thought it was 100. I thought it was... Oh, no, it did say 10. That is a lo- that is a big jump, though. <laughs> that is still a lot because, look, every time I've ever been on and I see those videos, a lot of them are into millions. So 10% is still like 100,000 people. <laughs> look, all I'm saying is it makes sense that when you're not getting into political arguments on the internet that you're just spanking your weasel.
1: Well, I think you're failing to take into account the number of people that come to uh, Facebook and... Keep in mind that under the Facebook umbrella is Instagram, which is all hot girls and butts. So yeah, keep in mind that there is a large segment of the, the Facebook perusing or specifically in, Instagram perusing population that is just there to look at horny pictures. So it makes a lot of sense that once once Instagram was down, they just migrated over and cut out the middleman and just went straight to Pornhub. Probably saved them a
0: lot of time where they could just like
1: honestly. jerk off and get back to life, honestly. Yeah. Same a lot of horny hours just being on Instagram, I would say.
0: Yeah, I feel like on Instagram, you're kind of teasing yourself the entire time and hoping that eventually you tease yourself too much. On Pornhub, you tease yourself for a little bit, and then you just kind of get to business.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's one thing, like, you feel like – I feel like you might be a real creeper if you're jerking off to, to girls' uh, Instagram profiles. So, I mean, you're kind of keeping a safe distance, but, you know, you want to you want to spank that bologna and just slaughter yeah. that salami there. And, I mean – you might as well just go to Pornhub. You can just get on with your life from there. Yeah. Be productive. Get on with your day after you've just just wanked one out real quick.
0: And, you know, on- instead of jerking off to random girls' profiles, you can jerk off to, like, sex trafficking and other questionably moral things. Yeah, Pornhub's a fun place. Just don't think about it
1: too much, okay? Yeah, yeah. Don't think about the ethics of it. This is just a fun comedy of error. Errors that uh, the firefighters were called to. Uh, I think it was Hope Ranch out. I think it's out by L.A. They got called all the way to the uh, the site here and figured out only once they got there, there was not a person stuff stuck up on the cliff, but a uh, a mannequin, a, a a mannequin that looks like a woman.
0: look man they're just doing drills okay they just got to keep on their game there's not enough fires going on they're used to all those droughts and i guess droughts are down this year i don't know i'm unqualified for that shit but they they got to keep themselves going you know could you imagine
1: i wonder how they found out it was a mannequin too like could you imagine like they're going up there to try and save this this thing that they think is a woman like they try and like jostle her free, and she just falls. And like, <laughs> no! And then she hits the ground. They're all freaking out. And they're like, "Oh, oh, it's just a fucking mannequin. We just wasted three hours trying to get this woman down, and it wasn't even a real person." Could you imagine how pissed that those firefighters must must be? That you know what I'm
0: thinking? Like, I'm thinking that they're just auditioning for that new show, Station 19. They're they're just gonna like show up. They're like, "Hey, I'm a firefighter. I've got practical experience. Look." I had some work with this mannequin over here. They might have, like, fallen ten stories down off of the apartment, but, like, ignore that part. Show the part where we're, like, hustling around in a firefighter's truck. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm a firefighter in Hollywood. I'm basically qualified for any
0: firefighter role, right? I mean, yeah. shit. All right, what I would like to know is, why did the fire department tell anyone about this? Like I under <laughs> <laughs> Like I understand I was- that you wanna you wanna stay transparent, but like I don't know, when I fuck up at work, I don't usually tell people if I don't have to. <laughs> Why would you tell someone, yeah, basically we sent out an entire group of ten yeah. people and we're just a bunch of <laughs> fucking idiots.
1: Well, there's not a whole lot of details with this story. It was a big thing for the surrounding area. Like I think some neighbors just saw someone on the side of a cliff or so they thought and just just like called the fire department like holy shit you need to get someone out there so if they didn't put out a statement it probably would have been one of those things like hey whatever happened to that woman who was stuck on the side of the cliff so they basically decided to say yeah yeah that wasn't a person that was just <laughs> it was just a mannequin that somehow got stuck on the side of a fucking cliff like what were they doing the previous day where the mannequin got
0: stuck on the side of the cliff Maybe they were shooting a uh, fast and furious 10. They're still doing that series. Aren't they? I think they just released the ninth one. Maybe it was just like a mannequin in the car, you know, have to get some stand-ins for that stuff.
1: Yeah. That was, that was the Ben diesel mannequin right there. Well, yeah. Although I
0: guess it hadn't, guess it ben had hair, so Luscious <laughs> locks of black hair or brown hair.
1: <laughs> luscious locks of, of brown hair. Whoever the love interest happens to be in the next, uh, next, uh, movie. But anyways, we're derailing at this point. That's it for this show. Uh, if you like this, you've liked what you've heard, uh, subscribe, leave a five-star rating so we can grow this bad boy a little bit. If you didn't enjoy it, you can just uh leave an expungeest exper expunge this experience from your memory after you leave a five-star rating. Just click that one star all the way to the right. Anyways, we do two episodes a week, college football on Tuesdays, NFL on Thursdays, although we might be tinkering with that a little bit as the playoff rankings start coming out on Tuesdays going forward. But anyways. Thank you for tuning in to Unqualified Analysis. And as always, we have no idea what we're talking about. Have a good one. Peace.